All right, welcome to another episode or another podcast from I'd Rather Be Writing. And this time, I'm talking with Ricardo Amigo in Costa Rica. Ricardo is a translator, and he uh, and I decided to do a podcast on information overload because it is a very timely topic. And I just want to give a little, a little, uh, a little intro to this. I was at an STC meeting, which is a technical writing group meeting, last week. And people were talking about how they felt woefully inadequate to keep up. Um, the, the current theme was just that people felt like they needed to be reading these books and going to these conferences and learning these tools and reading these blogs and doing all these things. And nobody had time to really do it. And we all felt kind of, or at least I did, I felt like you know, it's it's just so difficult to keep up. The rate of information that keeps coming in, whether through email or or through new, new media that's being published, uh, is just exponential. And in order to survive in today's job market, you really do have to keep up. You do have to know the tools. You do have to know um, the latest trends and techniques. And so, uh, Ricardo and I were talking about how this would be a good podcast to kind of discuss ways to keep up information management, not just keeping up with information, but figuring out how to organize it, how to manage it, uh, how to implement it in, in your life. Uh, Ricardo, tell me a little bit about why you're interested in, in this topic of information overload. What appeals to you about this? Well, you know, like everybody else, I've, I've gotten bit and, uh, uh, you know, feel very overwhelmed um, and so I, I had to, I felt I just needed to try to, uh, uh, start getting into this, uh, and, uh, and getting into it was very interesting because there are some interesting studies, uh, that have appeared on, um, you know, on, on uh, different blogs, different websites, uh, all the way up to Xerox, uh, and, uh, uh, what's the other big one? IBM, uh, and uh, but most of all, it's it's both an external problem. You know, there's just so much information out there, and then I found, and this is my own experience. I mean, I've gotten bit as bad as anybody. I think uh, internal overload. I've been uh, saving uh, all of my uh, work, um, text searches uh, as text files for about 10 years and and now I've got 10 years worth of junk and other stuff in my in my system and uh and 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 of course it's just like going onto the internet when you search for something and you get a million hits well now I go into my system and search for something and I get you know a thousand hits uh and and it it just became a problem uh i had a bad experience uh, and it, i don't know whether it's a bad experience i think it's a very common experience but uh i i had to move from a number of different uh, hard drives because it got to keep moving up you know your hard drive just isn't big enough anymore and uh as i moved from different hard drives i would save Everything I had in one hard drive and then move to the next one and then I would take some of it in and put some of it like on my desktop or in my docs. Uh, but I still had other stuff and then I moved to another hard drive and I, suddenly I was getting these accumulations of, of uh, files from past hard drives. And so I was having double and triple uh, copies uh, 
of of the same files, uh, and so it got you know it got huge. It just got into a big problem. So yeah, that was the main. Go ahead. I'm uh, you sorry. know, I, I think uh, it's interesting to hear you talk about the way you manage your files uh, because I I feel really inadequate to kind of talk about this topic because I'm terrible at, at kind of file organization. I I typically save everything to my desktop until my desktop becomes so cluttered that it's just ridiculous. And then I'll take and drag all the, those files into one folder, call it desktop, and, and kind of archive it. And then, right. and then if, if I don't need anything, then, then I don't, it doesn't bother me until I need something and I can't figure out where I put it. And then it drives me crazy. Just last week, I was uh, working on this, this site that I had multiple copies of, of the files and I just kept renaming them because I thought I was almost done. And then I needed to revert to a previous version and I'll be darned if I could find it. So, but, but I have done something that, that has been more successful. Um, I, I have a, a website uh, where I can host stuff and I installed a wiki there on an internal directory that's just locked. So it's just my own personal little uh, site. And, and it works great to organize information. I mean, I put all kinds of notes there, presentations I'm giving, or uh, actually, you know, I'm, I'm actually really bad at this too. But since it is a password protected directory, I put my own login informations for various sites there. Um, I, I organize my notes, my goals, and, and other kinds of things, or a writing notebook. And the wiki works well because it's easy to create new pages and it's it's easy to just keep adding information to it without without having a bunch of discrete files. Have you ever tried a have you ever tried a wiki to organize your No. no. I'm just not I'm a dummy. You know, I, I I don't I haven't gone up into that level uh and I've had you know, I, I have no training in either as a you know, even a simple secretarial skill secretarial skills or in, you know, databases or the kind of stuff you're talking about or what they call uh IT, right? Information uh technology. Uh, Technology, uh, you know, there's people with degrees and that kind of stuff. No, I have none of that. I'm just trying to deal with within my own uh, computer system, my yeah, my computer, my PC. Um, and what I've very much found is that you know what you're talking about right now is is really fascinating because you're now trying to find someplace else to put your notes right up on a wiki because uh, you've got so much stuff within your own system. Uh, and I think that's the same problem I hit. Uh, and I, it's a very common problem. That's what people are complaining about. It's not just external overload. It's internal overload also. Yeah. I, I, one other technique I, I use, and this isn't very good either, but I really like Gmail as my email client because it does have a pretty good search. And so throughout the day, I'll get lots of emails that come in, and I can't just sit there and respond to them. Um and so uh, you can star things, and then you can look at all the in the emails you've starred. I, I'm sure lots of applications have similar things, but it seems like Gmail especially does a good job at searching through your email, so you can find things. And it also threads conversations, so that if you have 30 different exchanges with a person, you don't have to go through and look at each separate email. You just expand the thread, and you trace it back. I, when I see people using a, an email client other than Gmail, it just kind of 
baffles me how they keep up. They, uh, I mean, people usually like to work with something they're comfortable with and which meets their needs. But Gmail has, has helped me a little bit with the email situation because I, I swear I get at least like 40 emails a day. And, and if I have no way to organize them um, in a quick way, it just doesn't work. Well, and, you know, that's people put their finger on email uh, avalanche, you know, email overload that it's going up 20% a year so that in two years, you know, with a, it's, it's exponential. Um, and, uh, there's different, uh, as I understand, I don't use Gmail. I still use Yahoo. But what I do is, is one of the things that maybe we can talk about at some point is clipping. I clip out. I've learned to just start clipping out. Uh, every important piece of information that I, I find in an email and and I put it over into a, a file uh, in my system uh, and then i don't I don't have to go back to look at the entire email because I have pulled out the information that I want from it and of course, in a lot of places, people are going to save entire emails simply to have a record of it you know uh, but but most emails, there's only 10 to 20% of the text that's in there that I'm interested in. Um, I know that um, I think uh, Outlook has a system where you can tag emails. Well, again, you know, my feeling is, well, so what? That still only takes me back to the email, and I have to look at the whole thing. If I've already looked at it and I've already found the information I want, why do I want to go back to the whole thing? But that just is a, a matter of personal style. But the fact that everybody is feeling email overload, that's, that's universal or very close to universal. Uh, in, in some of the things I read, there are, uh, employers who are now where you, where you have email all going into a server, uh, employers are now beginning to, to get on their employees about having too much. And there's a term, and I think I heard this at, at, at an IBM podcast called email jail, uh, where they put, they, they tell you you're not, they tell the employee you're not going to get any more emails, uh, until you clear off some because you're overloading our server. And it just, to me, that's just such an amazing lack of leadership on the part of the employer who is not going to the employees and saying, you know, here's some, let's deal with this. Let's all get together and figure out how, um, uh, how to deal with email overload. And instead they just say, well, we're going to cut you off from email, which sounds crazy. Well, the way they do it at, at my work is, and I think it's very typical of other workplaces, is that. We're set up on Outlook, and everybody gets 300 megabytes of inbox space. So that includes both items you've sent, items you've received, and things on your calendar. Um, so you, you get information in your inbox, but then you can file it into a folder, which then goes is stored on your personal hard drive. So there's kind of like the server space where you're limited, but then you have to archive it somehow. And And just recently, in the last month, I made it a goal in the morning that I would go through the same routine. I would, I would get to work. One of the first things I would do is clear out my inbox and deal with things there. And and then I would look at my calendar to see what's going on for the day. I would I would make a few uh, plans for the day, and and that worked well because when you have a when you have an inbox that's just cluttered, 
it's so easy to to let things slip by. If you have a hundred emails sitting in your inbox, uh, how do you know that the email you received, you know, four hours ago or the other day is taken care of? It's so easy to slip, let things slip through your cracks. And there's actually an application that I am the go-to person for information and support about. And so if I if I don't stay on top of that. Uh, people get upset and then, and then it makes me look bad. So that's my, my personal kind of morning system. And once it's, once an inbox is somewhat clean, then it's really easy to, to keep it clean. My personal Gmail inbox isn't that way. I have like thousands in my inbox, but I just, I just star the select emails that I, that I want to return to. And that seems to work. Wow, and and you don't purge all the others. No, in fact, it's Gmail is a little problematic in that uh, I'm subscribed to about a dozen different listservs, but I don't have them. All the messages are automatically filtered into these folders and they're archived, so I never really, really even look for them until I start to search for information, and then it's just buried in all these listserv emails. So that's somewhat of a weakness. But you know, one thing I one thing I do, uh, you talked about. Uh, clipping things out and kind of putting them somewhere else. One thing that I've done that I've found is really useful is is that uh, my blog becomes my public clip journal. So if, for example, uh, a while ago, maybe s- 10 months ago, I wrote a long post on how to customize a SharePoint site. And actually it was really detailed because I knew that sometime later I would need this information. <laughs> so I put it out there. And sure enough, uh, yesterday uh, I was trying to I was trying to customize a SharePoint site, and I hadn't worked with SharePoint for for so long. I'd forgotten almost everything that I that all the steps that I had done. And so I just searched my own blog for that post and followed it through, and it was amazingly helpful. Uh, so so I will do this quite frequently, and I know others do too. Is that they'll they'll go back to their blog and look for information. I know Alistair Christie does that. He sometimes says that uh, you know this post that he's writing is almost notes for him for future reference. So so especially if you have something technical where you think, oh man, I'm never going to remember this, never going to find it. Post it on your blog, and and it's easy to return to. Wow. Yeah, there's well, there's just so many inboxes now, right? I mean, even within email, there are you can filter, and well, that gives you a bunch of new e-box, inboxes, you know, and then you've got to go into each one of those sections, and that all makes sense, you know. But in the end, how do you get that information into your system so that it's in your information structure? Um, you know, when it's in your inbox, is it really in 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 your structure? Or have you, you know, do you have to pull it out? Which is, for me, that's the idea that works. I've got to pull it out and get it into my own uh, set of files and folder structure. Uh, Alistair Christie is, is the technical writer from Scotland? Uh, yeah, he's the tech writer from uh, Scotland. Think, yeah. So. Yeah, I've, uh, I, he did some. Uh, he has done some podcasts because I listen to them. SharePoint is what used to be front page. Uh, SharePoint is actually um, no, it's not front page. It's its own little content management system that's quite useful for for things. For example, it, we're using it to organize all our documents at work. Um, we have a team of eight writers. And a lot of us publish help content for different systems. How do we organize it all and, and structure it so that people can find it? Well, we have a SharePoint site, which allows you to add 
and create lists and to organize and sort those lists and to um, to expose them to others. It's a really handy sort of system. It's very common in corporate environments more than other sort of environments. Yeah. So yeah, and is it Microsoft? Yeah, it's a Microsoft product. Now. I, there are parts of SharePoint I hate. Like when I try to customize a site or change something in the code, it's like diving into the abyss. But uh, it does some things uniquely and and really well that nothing else really does. So um, it's it's good for a team. We have a a team site as well, like a team blog where we'll share and post information. And we have we have a bunch of wikis on that site that um, just store information about style and resources and different things so sharepoint is handy yeah well um early i'm a translator and everything i do is text you know i don't have to do uh for you know uh, css and and uh a lot of fancy styling um but a, a couple of, uh, in early nine in early 2008 early last year uh and no, actually, the year before that, early the year before that, 2007, I was doing a lot of turning uh, literary works uh, in Spanish into scripts so they could be uh, uh, recorded by a um, voice talent, I guess was the term. And so I was the one who got into that. And it was tedious work because the 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 record the person who's doing the recording the narrator well no it's not the narrator but the recording person uh, he's as he's reading he or she is reading down the, this uh, uh, let's say Moby Dick uh, they've got to know who's speaking so that they can you know change their voice a lot of these talents are very good at producing different voices like different characters and so in Moby Dick you have uh, Ishmael, the main character, and the first uh, Quiqueg is the harpoonist, and you have Starbuck, uh, the the first mate, and of course the bad guys, Captain Ahab. And as I'm going down this thing, uh, I'm just over and over again having to type in Ahab and Ishmael and the, and the names of other people who are are coming up. So. Uh, that was the first time that I, I had seen this thing called um, a, uh, a clip collection within the the the, uh, the edit the editor that I was using at that time, uh, the word processor, and so I, I played with it and it was fairly simple and it allowed me to put these different names as clips into this clip collection that appeared on a panel. And then as I was, as I was going down, uh, reading the, 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 the work, the text, and I would, somebody would, would be the person who was speaking, I could go into the panel and just double click and it would pop that name in. Uh, and this just doubled my speed. It was amazing. You know, it was like miraculous, uh, all of a sudden and it took away all that drudgery. You know, if you're doing something like, like Moby Dick, and I was doing ones in Spanish, but I'm using Moby Dick as an example. Uh, well, you're going to type in, you know, Ishmael, uh, a thousand or two thousand times 
because it's a real, you know, heavy duty work, you know, 500 pages. Uh, I'm going to, and all these others, I'm going to just be typing them over and over and over again. And it's just drudgery. And so the clip collection is the first clip, a new text tool that I found. Um, and I used that for a couple of years as we were doing all of these different, and, and again, we're doing things in Spanish. We were doing, uh, you know, works that are famous in Spanish, but in English people don't know. My favorite Spanish, uh, uh writer is a, a woman named Emilia Pardo Bazan, and she wrote hundreds of short stories. Uh, she may be the, uh, she's my favorite short story writer. Uh, so I was doing a bunch of her stuff, and then I found clip collections. All of a sudden, I'm doing uh, – my output has increased by 50 percent, you know, and that meant a lot to me. Um, but for a couple of years, I only used those. And then last year, uh, when I started really getting into this problem and trying to f- find some tools, all of a sudden, I began finding that there are new tools. Uh, a lot of them are – uh, a clip collection works from the Windows clipboard. It's a, it extends, you know, it's, it's a clipboard extender. Uh, and there's a lot of different, uh, clipboard extenders. And then there are yet other, uh, text tools that have come up just within the last couple of years. Just as I got in, interested in this, all of a sudden I'm seeing, uh, a lot of new, um, uh, tools. And that's just text. And then, of course, the other problem is files and folders. Uh, and I'm looking now for file and folder uh, tools to make it easy, like like the one that, that you were discussing. You know, because I notice at a enterprise level that it's referred to as content management, but at other areas it's referred to as information management, and in other areas as data management. But I think it all comes down to the same thing. You know, you're trying to deal with the information overload. Um, so then as I was going into this and well, I, you know, I consider myself a dummy. I just work at a very basic level and, and that's a PC level. Uh, but I'm going into the internet and I'm looking for, for the experts, you know, people who can tell me how to do it. And uh, I find a lot of sites that are now trying to deal with information overload. Uh, the one I found most interesting is called KFTF for Keeping Found Things Found. Uh, and that site is part of the University of Washington at Seattle and uh, the information school there. And they had a lot of fast, if you go up to, you know, just look up KFTF, uh, you'll hit that. And then in there, there are a lot of articles, uh, about trying the, the problem of information overload and how people are trying to deal with it. But there aren't any solutions. Nobody is saying, here is the killer software, uh, or here is the killer structure. Um, and, you know, as you were saying, there's just so much information out there. And KFTF pointed to both problems, both the internal problem and the incoming uh, problem. And but again, you know, nobody is saying, boy, here are the tools. I, you know, I found a tool clip collections within my environment really picked up my speed. It's it's interesting that you're talking about the 
clip collections because I really hadn't heard of that before. And I think you sent me a screenshot of, was it Cool Edit Pro or some other uh, tool that you were using for that? Yes, there's one that I would like to talk about later because it's so anyway, comparing, you know, the different softwares. But the one I, I use now is EditPad Pro. EditPad Pro. But yeah, but the there's a lot of clip collections. There's a lot of different approaches to clip collections. Uh, Opera has a very has an approach. Opera the the, the browser which is the one I use, they have an approach to clip collections. Uh, and, of course, uh, um, Office has an approach, but Office has not provided leadership uh, in, in this area. It's been the, the small independents that are providing a, a leadership. There's some other, you can have both clip collections that are internal, that are part of your uh, word processor, and you can, there are some that are external. Uh, that it's a whole separate little software, but it, it sucks up, you know, the, the, a clip and a bunch of clips. Uh, but clip collections are tremendous, but there are other clip function extenders besides clip collections. And that's what I have been finding, you know, going around looking at this. And yet the studies, you know, like KFTF, KFTF is great. They have some really interesting studies that they've done. But nobody is saying, you know, look at clip collections, look at clip extenders, look at uh, uh, text dragging. Uh, there's new text dragging tools that allow you to to select text and drag it from one application to another application. And that's really important as we're getting these wider screens. You know, you have a 19 or a 21-inch screen where you can have two or three different, you know, softwares on your screen that you're working with, and you can grab uh, a, 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 a text string in one and drag it over into another. I can see how, if you're a translator, you probably really would find these clips useful. I mean, especially because you often have one clip that you've translated that then reappears within within some of your translating. But but this whole discussion, I think, uh, could be at least categorized two different ways. On the one hand, there's this need for figuring out how to manage all the information, how to personally organize it. And, yeah. and, you know, whether you're using these clip collections or you've got a wiki or you're starring things in Gmail or marking them in Google Reader with a star or sharing them on your blog, you know, that's one way to manage it. But then the, the other side of this whole problem of information explosion, and this is what I hinted to a little bit at the beginning, is the need to keep up and the lack of time to process it all. And I think this one is, this one troubles me more. I mean, I know I'm not a very organized person when it comes to my files, but but that's okay. I, I, I for the most part, I find what I need. Uh, but but keeping up is where I find uh, the real struggle is. And and there's something that there's some movement called the slow movement. Have you ever heard of this movement? Uh, only that you sent me a little clip on it one time. <laughs> okay, That's so, all I know about it. So the slow movement is a reaction against the busyness of all this information. I mean, people who you have instant messages coming in and you have tweets and replies to tweets and emails and you have feeds coming in and you've got 
all this information that's kind of burying you. And the slow movement tries to react against that and say, simplify your life. Uh, all this busyness is only numbing you towards what really matters. You, you stop thinking about like the greater things in life, uh, just being alive, going outdoors, living, dying, being with your friends, family. And you get kind of sucked into this online vortex of meaningless information and banter that just goes on. I mean, at the end of your life, uh, or at the end of my life, I don't think I'm going to sit back and say, man, I wish I had really Twittered more messages or <laughs> you know, I, wish, I wish I had posted more stuff on my blog. You know, maybe a little <laughs> bit about the blog just because it involves writing. But by and large, the slow movement says, hey, step back and think about things that are really matter that really matter. And are, are you spending time uh, just trying to keep your head above water in a, in a sea of useless information? Um, right. And and you know the 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 uh, recognized problem is that information overload is a stressor, and like we don't have enough stress in our lives, now we've got another stress, and it's it's clearly recognized as, uh, as that people are complaining, people are going for, you know, uh, with counseling, you know, I'm going crazy with all this information. Uh, and there's a lot of, you know, what I'm going to call kind of hysteria, but you never know whether it's hysteria or it's well thought out. I mean, you just don't know because you don't know what, what their data is. But there's, there's a, a lot of, uh, blogs and, and, and newspaper reporting about people really having a lot of problems with this and that it actually reduces your productivity uh, because when people are overstressed, they tend to go kind of into a numb or a semi-shock. Um, you know, they're just not dealing with it. And so their productivity goes down, uh, their communication skills go down, uh, and ultimately it, it hurts themselves and the employer. Uh, but in the end... You know, Tom, what I see is you just, you need to find the tools that make you faster. I mean, if, if clip collections made me 50% faster, well, that helps. Um, and if these other tools make me faster, all of that helps, uh, because I can't just start throwing out. And, uh, and here again is the lack of leadership. And this is something that was, for me, was very clear out of these KFTF studies. That there is no leadership. Nobody within organizations, nobody is taking the reins, uh, and saying, boy, let's all get together and let's talk about information overload and let's figure out and, and let's split up things, uh, among, uh, different staff members so that we're all not so overloaded. Uh, one of the things that I, and this was a couple of years ago, I saw an interview with a guy, an editor, I think at Esquire or one of those type, and he had hired somebody in India to read his emails and then, and, and, and pull out the information that, that, you know, he would set up some parameters. I'm interested in this and this and this, and she would go read them. And I thought that was a really clever, uh, thing, but I, but I don't know that anyone else is is doing that sort of thing. Well, it's one book comes to mind. Uh, Tim Ferriss's The Four Hour Work Week. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I ha I haven't. I haven't actually read it. I I've heard good things about it. I guess I'm just too incredulous that you can get everything done. But one thing he he did, and I I just listened to a podcast about this. 
he outsourced everything. You talked about uh, having somebody read your emails. Well, you can get a virtual assistant to help you do things like that, to organize your your day and your read your emails and process and respond. And he even outsourced dating somehow. Like he had people <laughs> set him up and he, he did speed dating and all kinds of things. But when you talk about tools, one tool that a lot of people don't think of, which has helped me keep up, in major ways, is my iPod I, or whatever MP3 player you've got. Uh, because podcasts are a tremendous way to keep up um, during the day. You know, this this topic of podcasts always kind of baffles me because people are forever writing to tell me, Tom, I, I just don't have time to listen to podcasts. You know, this 30-minute this podcast, I don't have time. And I listen to podcasts while I drive to work and... Usually during the day, after I've had enough of whatever I'm doing, I'll go down to the company gym and I'll exercise for a while and I'll listen to a podcast there. You can listen to almost two hours of podcasts uh, between your commutes and and exercise. Yeah. And and if you have quality material to listen to, it can be extremely helpful. For example, I have 100 sessions from from the last STC Summit, the Technical Writing major conference, uh, recorded all their sessions, and they made them available to people who attended the conference. So I have all these downloaded. I've listened to like, I've, I've listened to like four or five different sessions in the last week. And I feel like, I feel like I'm pretty caught up. And when people, I hear people complain about, oh, the STC doesn't provide the value that I need. And I'm like, are you, are you listening to the podcast that I am? Because they have, they have some excellent information in there. Uh, there's one about social media and using that in your documentation and com- corporate strategy. Another one about collaborating around the world. Another one about communicating value and all these things. I didn't allocate any extra time in my day to to intake that information. I, I mean, you can either listen to NPR on the radio while you go into work and learn about how bad the situation in Afghanistan is and the economy, whether it's going up or down for the day, or you can, <laughs> you can listen to something relevant to your profession. And so right. I, the podcasts have been huge for me. And it also um, kind of helps me just, it helps me know the direction I should go in my work, helps me get ideas to blog about, helps me connect with other people. Um, yeah, so. uh, I've had the same, very much the same, except I don't watch television anymore because I listen to podcasts uh, from I, I'll start listening to podcasts at 10 o'clock at night and until I fall asleep, you know, which will be an hour and a half to two hours every night. I'm listening to podcasts. And just like you say, everything I know about technical writing, I know from listening to your podcasts. Uh, I didn't know what technical writing was until I, I, I you know, started that. Um, usability studies, I'm fascinated with that. With that. Um, let me talk a little bit about, you know, again, this is mainly internal. Once the information has gotten into your, uh, it's in your inboxes or you've clipped it out like I do and I have it in an, in an area to put away, well, now there's another Aside from text tools, now you have also filing tools, uh, file and folder new tools. Uh, and, and, and the best one of those for me is file collections. You know, we talked about clip collections, now file collections. 
um, and you have a number of softwares that work with file collections. Uh, and again, most of these are independent because although Office has uh, a new thing, and what's, what's it called? Something Note, New Note or First Note? One Note. One Note, right. And it seems to be an attempt to work at file collections, but, you know, I don't know that it's, uh, it's, it's very good. I, I don't have an opinion because I haven't worked with it uh, much. I, I just I tend to work outside of of Office, although I love Windows. Uh, Office for uh, somebody who works in two languages is a nightmare because it's a continuously nagging me about which language am I in. Well, I'm in both, you know. Uh, you probably haven't seen this, but I mean it's nag after nag after nag. Um, at any rate, I didn't mean to go off on that tangent. I'm sorry. But file collections are another new tool to help you set up files. And when I turn on my computer, uh, I have uh, my, my computer uh, program so that it opens up all the file collections that I had open when I closed it. And like right now, I have 218 files open. Uh, and they're easy to move around in, and they're easy to move text from one to another or to go reading from one to another. Um, you I, know, I, I can see how that might actually be useful in in something that I that I do, not so much related to technical writing, but when I'm working on a WordPress site, I, I often need to know certain template tags, like different pieces of code, uh, whether to auto-populate the URL to the template or to call the edit link or something, and and I end up just searching for these things every time. And it, it, I mean, some of them I'll remember, but, but, uh, you know, I guess there's two mindsets here. You either have a bunch of discrete files or you have this on a wiki system or, or you have this in some kind of searchable repository. Do you ever search all your files or? Yes. I do search all my files because I've got two, but what do you, what do we mean by all the files? You uh, said all you the had... files in my whole system? Well, you said you had 218 files open at the moment. Um, yes. So, and, and I can search all 218 at, at one time. Well, well, why would you have 200 files open? Like, what? what is it all? Uh, well, I'll tell you, because they're there right here in front of me. You know, notes that I have for this... Uh, uh, for this, uh, for our little, uh, this interview, I, I have here in front of me. But I have, uh, my to-dos. That's one of my file collections. And this one has about 10 because it's, but, uh, it's all the different things that I need to do. Uh, and, uh, it, it'll be, I have web to-dos. I have text to-dos. I have audio to-dos. I have shopping to-dos. But all of the, all of those are in one single collection. And as I sit down at the beginning of the day, I'm going to take a look at this and see what do I want to do today. And from all of those to-do files, I'm going to select the product, you know, my my goals for today. Um, then my next one, I have a, a clip, a collection of clips, and that one has uh, also about ten files in it. And if I'm talking, like right now, you said the book Four Hour Work Week. Okay, I'm going to clip that, and I'm going to put it in my clip collection under books. 
and uh, but I also have web, uh, things that I uh, want to do on the web. So there'll be a web to do uh, clips. There I have uh, a glossary clips every time a new word or a new phrase in Spanish uh, or English comes in. I, I, I put it in there. Uh, I have uh, um, promotional materials that I'm working on right now. Well, that's a clip. That's a collection. I'm sorry. I keep saying clip, but I mean file. That's a file collection. And that, well, that I'm working on a particular promotional thing right now that's about 10 pages. And so that file collection will have 10 files in it. That, yeah, the collection will have 10 files in it, one for every one of the pages. Uh, then I have uh, another file collection that's called Compendings. Uh, any, I have an idea. Oh, I, I want to write a, an email to Tom Johnson later on in the week. So I go into there and I have a Tom Johnson uh, file and I'll just pop things in there. And then when I get around to it, you know, when I feel like, you know, today I'm going to work on some of these emails I'm backed up on, well, I'll go into there and then I'll have six or seven emails that I'm backed up on. Uh, so that's the thing. I have uh, marketing file collections. I have all kinds of file collections. Uh, well, that's that's interesting. Like I think it would be interesting to just see somebody else's PC or Mac or whatever. Look at how they organize their their stuff. Just because what you're describing is so foreign to me. I mean, I can't imagine having so many files. But at the same time, you said you're looking at these different files. I'm looking at a wiki page where I've got notes for this podcast. So I guess yeah. I mean, people, everybody has a different system of organization. And you know, you mentioned something that kind of has hit a, a pain point with me this this past week. Uh, I feel like sometimes if I list out everything that I need to do, it can kind of be paralyzing. Um, <laughs> I, I, honestly, if I if I sat down and listed everything I needed to do today, it would be like in the 40s or 50s of different items, whether preparing oh, yes. for a presentation or fixing this or getting rid of the mice or, or typing this post or responding to this person's email. If I were to sit down or finishing this website and that website and fixing this, if I were to sit down and list it all... Uh, it just is like paralyzing, and I I feel like just get I just get discouraged. So I kind of go in these cycles where where uh, sometimes I'll feel real organized. I'll put down like the top ten things I want to do today, and I'll prioritize them in little paper paper strips, and I'll and I'll attack them one by one. And then eventually I'll feel like these things put me in a jail, and so I'll <laughs> I'll be like I want to be free. I want to do what I naturally want to do, and so I just I just shuck it off, and uh, I I live free for a while until suddenly I realize that I haven't been doing all these things that I need to. And now I have a presentation in a week and I haven't repaired or something. So I, how do you avoid this paralysis when, when you are confronted with the knowledge that you have 47 things to do and you have one or two days to do them? Uh, what do you do in that situation? Does it does it well, paralyze you, or does it does it empower you? Well, it, it doesn't empower me. It drives me crazy. Uh, yeah, but no, I've gotten pretty good at, at 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 setting up because of having file collections. I've gotten better at setting up my to dos every day. And I tell you, one of the things, uh, like what you mentioned, I'm not going to get more than five things done in a day. You know, I've learned that unless there's like five emails, 
that are going to be pretty short. But no, I, I have projects. You know, I'm working on, like I said, I'm working on a promotional thing right now uh, that's about 10 pages long. Well, I've got to devote a couple of hours to that. And one of the things I have to devote probably an hour to every day is putting things away, filing all this information, uh, going through my inboxes, going through my emails. Uh, and you, it, you just start getting the habit you know that that's the thing. But in order for me to get the habit and and kind of refine it and that it makes some sense, I've got to have a collection of to dos that I categorize a little bit. And again, you know, I have to dos for web to dos, which mainly means searching for information. A lot of times, when I'm looking for something on the web, it isn't a big, huge thing. I may want to go to the uh, you know one of the dictionaries on the web and look up a word and see, you know, how they define it. Uh, or I may just want, yeah, I go to Wikipedia a lot to look up terms like information management. They have a pretty good article on information management. But again, they're at the same stage as everybody else. They're not pointing at solutions. And I think I have some solutions. At least they work for me. And so I'm hoping that maybe in another podcast, Tom, if you're game, uh, we can talk about some of these solutions that I've found and some of the softwares that provide these solutions. Uh, and there's a bunch. I'm seeing these things, you know, just for example, that thing about uh, clips and clip collections. More and more programs are putting out clip collections. The new Office 2007, which we just started looking at a couple of weeks ago, uh, because we don't use Office, you know. But it now has, instead of having a word clip collector, it has an Office clip collector. So that you have a clip collection that will work across any of the Office programs. But I can't find anywhere, and, and we spend some time looking for it, a way to save that clip collection. Whereas in other clip collection programs, they all have a save. You know, it just amazes me, and I don't know whether it's that I can't find it or that whether it's it's not there. But there's a lot of complaining about Office, about the Office programs, that they're just so huge and that people are lost and that people use 10% of, of the tools that are in, in there. And I'm certainly one of those. You know, we only use Office in order to lay out, to do a layout. Like the promo that I'm working on right now, I'm going to write all the text, and then I'm going to get with somebody else I work with who's better at, at laying out, and he and I together are going to lay those out. Uh, we do a lot of what, what you know technical writers I think call structured, but I think structured really means putting things in 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 different boxes, right? Text pieces that you, then you decide how to put them together. Um, well, we, I'm picking up on doing that. And again, I'm, I'm, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll write the little boxes and have them all in a single file collection. And then when I get over with this guy, we'll, we'll find a, a, that file and we put it into this, uh, block, you know, that we create in Word. But we only use Word for, for layout. It's just to, we just can't find things. Well, I, uh, talking about solutions, you know, if there's one question that I would love to find a solution for, it's, it's how to do all these things that you're, that you're storing. For example, you said you, you bookmarked or sorry, you stored as a clip the Tim, uh, Tim Ferriss four hour work week book. You know, how are you going to find time 
to read that among your 218 other things to do. <laughs> right. so this is this is what I struggle with most. I, I come home from work, right, and, and I'm kind of tired, and I'll eat dinner, and I'll play with my kids a little bit, and, and then I'll put them to bed, and I'll have, like, maybe a couple hours, and maybe I'll write a blog post, or maybe I'll read something, and I'll... I have to admit, I'll some I'll watch TV. I I get sucked into all these these shows or or college football or even Ultimate Fighter. I I <laughs> I, uh, I feel like yeah, I just need to relax for a while, and then the time's gone. And then you know, when did I have time to read this book that I wanted to write? Or I didn't even do half the things. Or I'm trying to work on somebody's website. How do you how do you manage to do it all in a day? Oh man. Yeah, I don't. You know, obviously, my I'd like you. My to do lists are are go on forever. I mean, I I may have going across my to do file collection. I probably have a thousand to dos there, and I just have to kind of yeah yeah. You have to say okay today this is important, uh, and I've got to prioritize, and I've got like we study little softwares. I'm looking for these solutions, and so I've gotten we've studied over two hundred softwares. Uh, but there, oh, wait, hold on, Ricardo, you got you got to explain why are you using softwares in the plural like that? Oh, I, I use softwares for software in the plural, you know, uh, and I know that that's that, that you know that's not the way it's supposed to be done. But I can't help myself. To me, it's a software, or there's our software is also kind of the world of software. But when there's when I say you know we've looked at two hundred softwares, well, that's kind of my. Uh, yeah, no, I, I give myself permission to violate the rule. On All right. <laughs> yeah, but I, uh, yeah, there's so many to do. What about shop to dos? You know, I need to go buy this little thing, this little thing, and here at the office, we need some paper clips. I need to send that over to the person who buys paper clips. Uh, right. I mean, there's just endless to dos. But you, as you, but as you start organizing them, you uh, you you get a little better at it. And that really is something that I have found, Thomas. You know, there's this part of your brain that that is the organizing, but a lot of us just just don't use it. I mean, ten years, three years ago, I was just terribly disorganized, and and I didn't have any what are called protocols, uh, ways to uh, there's you know, file organizing that has been around through the entire 20th century. And there were people working on this problem in the 1910s and the 1920s. IBM was working on this problem uh, back then. And so this isn't new to computers. It's just that there's so much coming in now. Uh, but the people were, were already, you know, you had these big insurance companies already by the 1920s uh, that had hundreds of thousands of files. Uh, and then uh, the U.S. government created the Social Security system in 1932, and that was like five million files. You know, so people were already trying to figure out how to deal with all these files. Uh, so there are ways that had already been figured out before the we all got into computers. Um, but none of us were trained in that, right? I wasn't. I don't think you were. Uh, you've file information management should be taught in high school, and yet you know when I go and look at the schools like the one at University of Washington, these are graduate courses. 
It's just amazing, you know, the whole culture hasn't really wrapped itself around information management and, and that this is got, we're, we are an information based culture. And I, by we, I mean the whole, uh, everybody who works in Windows and that's English, Spanish, all around the world, right? 95%, I think, of all of the computers in the world are on some Windows, uh, uh operating system. Um, and, and if you're in a Windows operating system, then you're working with folders and files. Uh, and yet, you know, the, the culture, the, the, the culture, yeah, the, the computer culture has not moved up into that and said, hey, uh, we've got to start teaching people early on, particularly because information workers, I mean, I'm an information worker, you're an information worker. Uh, how many, 50% or more of, of the country deals with information every day, every hour? I've heard that uh, the, the rate of information expansion is something like 37 times the entire Library of Congress every year or something. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, that's it, it is mind-boggling. Well, wow. Besides just raw information, though, one of the things that is particularly relevant in technical communication or IT is learning the new programs that come out, um, learning new softwares, as you say, yeah. <laughs> learning, learning new software applications. Yeah. And, and I have actually found a trick for, heart, for, for making that a little less frustrating. Uh, well, let me have the, it. Well, the problem is people try to, people try to eat an elephant all at once. Basically they, they try to like learn an application all at once, and then they get frustrated because it just can't be done if it's a complex application. For example, Adobe InDesign, which I think is a pretty robust, complicated application. Um, if you wait until you're actually in a project and you have and you have deadlines upon you, it can be very frustrating and overwhelming when you can't figure something out. For example. Uh, figuring out how to do figure figure references, and then when they get out of order, how to put them in the right order. In InDesign, it's kind of backwards about how that's done. But if you take a little chunkier day uh, and devote it towards tool learning when when you're not pressed to actually use that tool to produce something right then, uh, then then it makes it a lot easier. If you sit down and say, okay, I'm going to learn tables for the next hour or something. And then when, when the time comes when you're using it, you're like, yeah, I need to create a little note style in a table. Well, you already know how to do it. And if you if you learn a little bit about a tool every day, you master it. If, if you take the other approach where you're like, uh, just throwing yourself into it all the time, it's going to be frustrating. So right now, now the problem with that is that, well, you know, if you do that at work, uh, you usually have a bunch of other work that you can't do, right? And if you do it at home, it gets into the time management. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess I think employers just need to allocate a certain amount of time to employees to learn the tools or to to, to learn the tools better. And, and that's just part of being in IT, especially. I mean, other other fields, it's not such a big deal. But IT, really, I mean, I spend at least half my day either figuring out how an application works so I can document it or figuring out how to do something in an application I'm using to document something. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and that can be frustrating at times, but, but if you take it a little bit every day, it's a lot easier. And I'm not saying I always do that, right? It's always easier to talk about these things rather than do them all, but 
that has helped me. Well, what I find, and again, I'm, I want to get back to this thing of, of kind of lack of leadership. The computer uh, programmers, like the people at Word or, or at Office, you know, they are not giving us any leadership. On, you know, outcomes new 2007. Okay, I'm a dummy. I'm a translator. I'm just interested in in text tools and now file tools. Well, I can't go into the, there isn't some places to tell. Here are the new text tools, and here are the new file tools. No, there's nothing like that. There isn't, and I find that I'm not just picking on on Office. I find that in all the other ones. I find that also in the Adobe stuff. Uh, they're not saying you know. Look at this first and work with this a little bit and then look at this one and work with this a little bit. Um, and I find that, you know, fairly frustrating because then I'm, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for leadership and it's not there. And so I'm having to try to find these things myself. Um, and, and I have, uh, you know, I feel like I have found a bunch of them, but I don't, I don't know whether other people have found them also. Uh, and whether there is some experts out there who are a lot better than I am, who I should be reading their stuff rather than trying to figure it out myself. But I can tell you that in the studies that I've looked at on information overload, nobody says that. Nobody says, well, here are the softwares that will really help you on this. And, and here's the reason why, because this software provides this tool and this tool and this tool. And nobody's saying, here are the great thinkers. Uh, go read this guy. On or this lady on uh, on how to do this particular function um, protocols, you know, I uh, file naming protocols. I mean, this is another thing. This has been around for well over a century. How you're going to name your files in a situation where you've got a whole lot of files and folder structure, um, and yet. I only found one reference to file uh, naming protocols in a, uh, a site called Tab, uh, just TAB, I think it's TAB.com, and they provide um, uh, enterprise-level filing systems, but they're enterprise-level. You know, they're not for me. Uh, you've got to be a big employer. And they had a single uh, PDF uh, that had uh, a lot of instructions on, on how to begin to set up a filing system. And one small reference was to creating a file name, your file naming protocols. And that's something that, you know, maybe we can talk about on another, uh, on another podcast if you're game. Um, but yeah, I, th I, I think, uh, yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll have to hit up this topic again. I mean, there's so much it is extremely relevant and it's a theme that keeps coming up in in a lot of different fields so i definitely think we should hit hit it again we've already we, we should probably start to wrap it up we've gone on for about an hour and i i think uh anymore we'll have to break it in half do you have any uh, no closing thoughts no, I, just that i really would like to get to the other again maybe in about a month or whatever is convenient for you and uh, talk maybe a little bit about and split it up into maybe text and tech, the new text tools, and then files, file collections, file folder organization, and new tools, or, or are there new tools? Because uh, there are fewer of those. I find more text than, than file new tools. But that's all I've got, Tom, and I really appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks, R Ricardo. It's been fun talking with you. 
Same here. Hasta la, hasta la vista. <laughs> <laughs> hasta luego. <laughs> yeah. No. 